Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the podcast where we read Patrick Rothfuss's The Wise Man's Fear page by page. This is page 699. I could tell by their wide eyes that folk were becoming alarmed. One or two slid their chairs away from me uneasily. Penny's eyes were fixed on my gentle flowing shade, and she walked over to stand in front of me. What is it? She asked, her voice showing some hint of fear. Nothing to worry over, I said easily, holding out a fold of it for her inspection. It is my shadow cloak. Valerian made it for me. The fiddler made a disgusted noise. Penny shot him a look and hesitantly brushed my cloak with a hand. It's soft, she murmured, looking up at me. When our eyes met, she looked surprised for a moment, then exclaimed, You're Losi's boy! Before I could ask what she meant, I heard a woman's voice say, What? I turned to see a red haired serving girl moving toward us. The same one who had embarrassed me so badly on our first visit to the Pennysworth. Penny nodded toward me. It's your fresh-faced fiery boy. From about three span back. You remember pointing him out to me? I didn't recognize him with the beard. Losi came to stand in front of me. Bright red curls tumbled over the bare, pale skin of her shoulders. Her dangerous green eyes swept over my shade and made their slow way up to my face. It's him, all right, she said sideways to Penny. Beard or no? She took a step closer, almost pressing against me. Boys are always wearing beards and hoping it will make them men. Her bright emerald eyes settled boldly onto mine, as if expecting me to blush and fumble about as I had before. I thought of everything I'd learned at the hands of Florian, and felt the strange, wild laughter welling up in me again. I fought it down as best I could, but I could feel it tumbling around inside me as I met her eyes and smiled. Losi took a startled half-step back, her pale skin blushing to a furious red. Penny held out a hand to steady her. Lord, girl, what's the matter with you? Losi tore her eyes away from me. Look at him, Penny, really look at him. He's got a fey look about him. Look at his eyes. Penny looked curiously at my face, then flushed a bit herself and crossed her arms in front of her chest as if I had seen her naked. Merciful Lord, she said breathlessly. It's all true then, isn't it? Every word, I said. How did you get away from her? Penny asked. Oh, come on, Penny, the fiddler cried out in disbelief. You aren't buying this pup's story, are you? And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. <laughs> this is the funny page. Why is that, Jordana? Because, because, like, just, I mean, the other lady was clearly, like, giving him a look up and down and didn't notice the Faye thing. And then here comes this, this lady who's met him before. She's like, oh, he's a man now. So dumb, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
I don't know if it's supposed to be funny, but it is. <laughs> is it funny because like why? What do you find funny about it? Is it's like is it ridiculous? Is it? Is it's it like, embarrassing? What is it? Like it's exactly. It's exactly where you know the story's gonna go, but it's also it's fan service. I don't mind. I'm a fan. I like fan service, but that's this is fan service. What makes it fan service? Like it's just this is what we wanted. This is what Quoth wanted. This is what everybody wanted. <laughs> and it's funny because it's working out. For like a third party to come along and say, oh no, this guy, I saw this guy before and he's different now. Yeah. Like it just, it's kind of like, it's a bit of a ridiculous idea that like one person would look someone over, still recognize them, but not notice like the Fae thing. And then like this other person also who's met them before looks them over, does notice the thing, and is like, oh yeah, that's such a big, amazing difference. Well, but hold on. <laughs> it's not like, it's not just that Losi looks him over. She she comes on to him in the same confident way that she did the last time she saw him, expecting him to react the same way, like a fumbling, awkward teenage boy who has never like made it with a girl before. And instead, because he has now you know, encountered Falurian and learned uh, a whole lot more than he knew the last time he was here, he, like, responds in the same way. He, like, picks up what she's putting down, which he couldn't do before, and that takes her aback. Like, his whole personality has changed. It's, okay, yes and no. Like, you ever have a day where you're just an awkward human being? Like, that happens to people. Like you could have, you could literally go into a place one day and be a super awkward human being. And then the next day be a totally fine and confident human being. And those are real normal things that occur to real normal people. Yeah, but that's not what anyone is suggesting has happened here. But it's all, but it could. Yeah, I think an uncharitable reading of this would be that uh, Losi or, you know, more broadly women in particular are possessed of a sense of sorts wherein they can understand like a, a man's experience or comfort with flirtation. Um, and that Losi is like, Oh, a lot of time has passed for him. He's changed very much because of the way he responds to the flirtation. A more charitable read of that would be that like anybody who flirts could maybe sense that. I, I think that anybody who flirts could maybe sense that is a reasonable thing to to assume. I, I like being a person who doesn't flirt and seeing how difficult it looks. I understand that like someone who frequently flirts and is good at it might know the, all the signs and, and all the things like that makes sense to me. Yeah. Like that, a, that is what happened, what's happening here, but that's barely scratching the surface. Cause it's not just, that he's gotten better with flirting. It's like he got a personality transplant. Because she's not just detecting the fact that he's more confident. She's also realizing that like his entire affect has changed. Which we know because three pages ago he was laughing like a maniac in the middle of the room. Because he just came back from the fae. Like he's not acting like a person anymore. He's acting like a fairy. And I think that we're even meant to understand that his literal physical appearance. Like the color of his eyes is different now because he's been in fae and come back. Like that's what she's picking up on. It, and it's a subtle enough distinction that you would have had to have seen him before and spend some time studying him now to pick up on it. But she did, and she is. 
Like, I think that's what we're meant to understand here. I agree with you in that I think that's an intended takeaway and we should bear in mind that he has changed his countenance, his physical countenance has changed and he will be different to those who knew him. I think another read is that he always had a fey look about his eyes and that you only see it if you like know to look for it. Uh, mm-hmm. We always we know his eyes have always changed color. We've mm-hmm. seen that already. And there's always been an, an idea that he might have had a fey look about him and about his eyes. Uh, we are entering a, a three-page or so uh, stretch of the book that I find, shall we say, uh, I will use the word problematic. I don't mean it to be quite as, as fraught as it often is online, but I have I will have very little nice things to say in the next few pages, and I'm really looking to Jordana to kind of like, I don't know. Even the playing field? <laughs> I guess so. Like to maybe take the lead with the with the discussion because, you know, as much as Rothfuss jumps through hoops to kind of try to justify Quoth's behavior and Losi's character on the page here and and beyond, I still find it a bit distasteful and kind of hard to reconcile. And I'm gonna I'm gonna try to reconcile it a bit in this read. I'm trying to be a little more uh, generous, uh, but I think this is one of the passages that whether or not rightly uh, draws a lot of criticism uh, to this, this franchise. So I will try to bite my tongue with regard to the uh, more negative things and try to find positive things to say. And I'm, I'm definitely looking for Jordana to provide uh, the lady's perspective. Right. Well, uh, I mean, I will give you my perspective, but I don't know that my perspective is necessarily uh, the norm for a lady's perspective. Jordana, are you telling me that you cannot confidently speak for all women? <laughs> Shockingly, no. Dude, that is what I mean, you signed up for when you joined the podcast. <laughs> As the only woman on the team, I am now speaking for all women. Great, great. Yeah, Just that's right. Fantastic. I love it. <laughs> that's not going to get me in any trouble. No, it's not going to get oh, us I, canceled. I can't see any situation sure. where it would. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll have to go all Ned from Try Guys. Oh yeah, right. Wait, no. What? That doesn't work. <laughs> it, you just said that because it's a scandalous thing that happened recently. Yeah, pretty much. Owned. Yeah. It's not even that scandalous. I know that you are aware of the Try Guys. Also, I I wasn't really aware of them, but you've mentioned them in the past. So. Yeah the the celebrity news cycle is, you know, not really something I pay too much attention to. They're really scraping the bottom of the celebrity barrel bagel. I was going to say the celebrity bagel. (laughs) Oh yeah, those scandals are are really hitting low targets. Here's the thing. (laughs) If you asked a normal person who's not on Twitter, like who, what a try guy is, they won't be able to tell you because they're not actually famous. (laughs) Yeah. The internet was a huge mistake. Do we have a letter? Oh, we do. Uh, This letter is from, uh, Ooh, a, a new writer. Who has a really cool name uh, that I I uh, I'm not quite sure how to uh, say their name and we'll edit it out. Okay, okay. Her name is Grace. You could just say Grace. I guess so. I want to find a nice pun, but let's just say Grace for now. Okay, uh, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Uh, thank you for this bread. Amen. Hey, oh, hilarious joke. I just said Grace. Okay. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh my god, that was really funny. 
I, I, I genuinely don't know if the Lord's Prayer counts. Um, <laughs> I don't think it does, but I forgot halfway oh, through oh, that. Oh, that oh, isn't I've got one. I've got one. And but, so this one, okay. my dad taught me this one because he didn't like church, but he still had to say grace when he was a kid. And it's uh, good food, good meat, good God, let's eat. <laughs> That's grace, right? Yeah. Sure. You say it yeah. before food? Yeah. I'm also partial to rub a dub dub. Thanks for the grub. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. This yeah, letter is from God. Grace, who writes, Shut up! <laughs> that's what she writes. <laughs> Fair. This letter is from Grace, who writes, You guys rock. Hey, guys. I wanted to thank you guys for making this. What a fun idea, and what a great show overall. A little background. I am severely hearing impaired, and never comfortably intake audio entertainment without the use of subtitles. As you can imagine, I'm not a big podcast person, and I've never done an audiobook before. I had discovered one podcast I liked, it's a Disney podcast, that I would sometimes listen to in the car for short bursts. Then I found you guys. I am addicted. I really enjoy that it's page by page, so if I miss something, going back and listening to a part of it is very easy to make sure I didn't mishear a part of a page being read. It is easily digestible, and I find myself trying to find time and ways each day to catch up. I found you guys a few weeks ago, so I am way behind on episodes. I don't have too much to add as far as ideas, but I enjoy hearing yours. I, like Jeremy and Jordana, am not a close reader, but I read every day. I've read this series about five times so far, and and in feeling like I wanted more, I went on Reddit. I felt like I'd read a completely different book than everyone else with all the theories and ideas. You guys don't make it seem all that fantastical, and I can honestly say I am on the Denna is the Moon bandwagon. What made me want to write was, after hearing page 241 of Name of the Wind, since you guys are so far ahead, this is the page where Quoth plays the lute for the first time after Tarbine. I'm not a generally emotional person, and books rarely ever move me to tears, but for some reason on my last reread before I found the podcast, I shared Jordana's trepidation for the Tarbine section of the book. I recognized many parts of this section to be just full of hopelessness and actually did cry. I had a similar reaction to hearing you guys read that page. I agree that the writing is entrancing and musical and just drags the reader in, but hearing it read out loud and feeling the joy and wonder in the voice did move me to tears. It actually makes me a little curious about venturing to try an audiobook, if only for books I have read before, so I don't get lost. I love what you guys are doing, and I'm sorry for waxing poetic on it. Can't wait to catch up. Best, Grace. No need to apologize for waxing poetic. I feel like we do that all the time here. Yeah, we like that. <laughs> and thanks so much for we writing. Wax fairly I'm, often. I'm really glad that you find our podcast accessible for you uh, and that you found us. I worry sometimes that like, like you guys have pretty deep voices, so it works out, but I am often told that my voice is too soft to be heard well. Like I, I know several people who have like hearing uh, disabilities in all sorts of varying forms. And like, I am often told that I don't speak like, like that I mumble or that I speak like not super clearly. So it's good to know that someone out there can hear me clearly. <laughs> Yeah, and if it's any consolation, Jordana, when we started editing the podcast, uh, I did start turning you up fairly often, so I, I tried to equalize oh, all our volume. So. <laughs> that's why. <laughs> if only we could do that in We reality. do get heard. Yeah. This this letter makes me think we could maybe do more to be accessible. I'm sure there are podcast readers out there. I'm sure there's applications that will do that. Um, so we could certainly look into that. As I'd love to be accessible, and I'm really, really pleased to have Grace to have you write in and... and to have this uh, podcast structured in a way that you find uh, that, that works for you. I think you've really hit on one of the main reasons we, we started this podcast. We've said this before, but this book deserves to be read out loud. And that was one of the things that, that made us think that we 
that we could actually do this and that it would be fun because reading the page is a pleasure in and of itself and listening to the page is a pleasure in and of itself. Oh, I, I also have it on good authority that the uh, the audiobook of Name of the Wind is very well read. Uh, what is it? Nick Padell is the reader and he seems well loved. So uh, certainly if you want to start somewhere with an audiobook, you could do worse than Name of the Wind. What if we posted all of our episodes on YouTube and then people could just hit the closed captioning button? Uh, I think YouTube removed the auto closed captioning function. Oh. And also, if you want to go in and upload a thousand episodes to nope, YouTube, you nope, can, I I'm guess. good. I'm good. <laughs> That's this what we need more interns for. But sadly, we ran out of interns some for some reason. <laughs> Somehow. It's not that they're buried under the house as part of the mortar or anything, but, uh, you know. And no, and no, no we one should go looking for them, that's for sure. They disappeared under entirely unsuspicious circumstances, and no further investigation is required. Cool. And uh, on that note, uh, we'll see you tomorrow for another page. Of the Wind. Wind.